0: forget how loud that intro is How to turn it yeah. down on the laptop
1: it's kind of a throwback to our old um cts days where they had the ad that would run that would like blow out your eardrums every time yeah it came exactly
0: on. it took us like damn near five minutes just to like get into a show because we had to run the ad and intro but yeah. uh we're uh we're back on here it's just tyler and i Clock's taking a much needed little mini vacation i think he's going to um Chicago, I believe, and he said he's gonna go see some White sox games, so hopefully we'll have uh yeah. we'll have some photos for that on our uh, and, on our site and stuff
1: and who knows Clack might be coming home with a new favorite team
0: I would we'll not see. be really all that surprised, although the white sox haven't been doing terribly well, so I don't really think that's clack style he'll uh that's fair he likes to pick the the teams that are doing well, but anyways, I'm Joe will today I'm joined by. My co-host, Tyler Shibish, as always. Tyler, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, man. I'm, g- I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that we got, like, a wide variety of stuff to talk about. I know we're, uh, like, this is the Bama Brigade slot, but as far as Bama sports go, it's pretty much just softball and baseball right now, and they've both not been doing too hot. Uh, so I kind of like that we're, we're going to be covering a, a multitude of things tonight. And I'm, I'm yeah, excited. I mean,
0: and that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Obviously, now we have the the new brand new site, sportsflashmedia.co, uh, not .com.co. Um, yeah. And so on there, we're trying to not just do Bama or NFL. We're trying to write about MLB, NHL, NBA, um, trying to be versatile. So with not a lot of Bama sports going on and obviously NFL drafts over and all that, tonight we kind of have, I guess, our quote-unquote third show called just – Sports Flash, Sports Flash show where we go around the uh, sporting world. You don't seem lack of cre- confident. Lack of creativity there. Um, and right. we go around the sporting world and we just talk about, you know, what's going on. And there's a lot to dive into um, with NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. So.
1: so, but I think we should start with a little bit of Bama news. Bama softball, as we mentioned, played today. They played Mizzou in the SEC tournament, got bounced first round. Three zero 0 loss to Mizzou after winning the SEC tournament last year. And I also was just reading a quick article about it. And they haven't scored more than four runs in their last, like, six or seven games. Like, they started off so high. Is it
0: that article about uh, Tony to Cicollis?
1: Yeah. It was just the first one that yeah, popped up cause I've got I wanted a, a quick, like, refresher.
0: I've got it pulled up here right now, too, obviously, because you and I don't really have the means to watch the game. So this is kind of how we through Twitter and and, um, articles, how we get our information from. But Tony C. always does a great job. So,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, yeah, the team, obviously, is in a bit of a rut. Um, They've kind of been sputtering for, you know, like you said, since what, April? Yeah. Mid-April. And so, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. Um, You could be a pessimistic fan, and you could be like, this is, I'm sure, exactly what Clack's doing. Being like, oh, see, everybody who thinks we have a chance of winning, you know, the whole thing, you guys are wrong. This is proof right here, losing to a number seven seed as a number two seed. But I, I kind of like to look at it a different way and think, hey, this team's been needing a wake-up call. You know, they I guess they've had some, some wake-up calls, but this is like the wake-up call getting bounced um, in the SEC tournament, like you're done.
1: But... Like, not to be the pessimistic fan, but I will be the pessimistic fan. This is the exact you're playing. You're thing. playing de-
0: devil's avocado.
1: I'm playing. I'm being the devil's avocado right here. This is the exact same thing we said about basketball, right? Starts off super hot. Beats a bunch of good teams. Wow, they look great. They're, they might be favorites. They start to spiral towards the end of the year. Ah, oh, they'll wake up eventually. Lose first round in the SEC tournament. Oh, now that's the wake-up call they need. It's it's, The parallel is there, and it just worries me so much for, like, the team going forward. It's exactly what we saw with basketball.
0: I see what you're saying, but I think, in all fairness, like, our softball team made it to, what, the championship last year? Uh, The semifinals. Semifinals, and basketball hasn't even sniffed past, like, the second round, so. Well,
1: they made the Elite
0: Eight last year, right? Or was it the Sweet Sixteen? It was a sweet 16. Okay. But But top
1: 16 versus top four. I see what you're
0: saying, but I think our softball team has, you know, a reputation for actually being, like, consistently good, especially the last couple years for basketball. We're trying to get there.
1: But I would argue that you can't – you have to look at each season in a vacuum, right? Like, as far as – not – is now if you're talking, like – Should should Patrick Murphy be on the hot seat versus should Nate Oates be on the hot seat? The answer should be no for both of them. But if you're going to choose one of the two, it should be Nate Oates because Patrick Murphy has the success, right? But if you're looking at a team from season to season, I think you have to look at them in the vacuum. Just because they have a history of success doesn't mean that they're going to magically write their ship last second. Like look at the Patriots; they have a history of success. They haven't been like they haven't made the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, You look at. Like I don't know, the uh, the Bengals, for example, don't have a history of success. They made the Super Bowl this last year, so I think each season's independent of each other. I don't know. That that's just my thoughts on it. I think that it does worry me as someone who watched basketball do the exact same thing earlier this year.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely fair, but um, I guess you know we'll see what kind of team we truly have and we'll see if they can, they can hopefully get the job done and, and bounce back. But definitely onto, you know, some more breaking news, I guess that was breaking news, but we knew that game was going on. Something that we didn't know was going on, um, was this, uh, this Jerry Judy situation, Broncos receiver, Jerry Judy, obviously former Alabama receiver, um, who we mm-hmm. all know very well was arrested Thursday in uh, Arapahoe County in Colorado, which uh, connection with a domestic violence investigation. He was booked into the jail on Thursday for investigation of second degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, a misdemeanor, according to the sheriff's office. He's currently being held without bond. So you said <laughs> you got some some more clarity on that. So. Let's see, right. Yeah,
1: so obviously it's all like hearsay at this point, and I don't want to come to any conclusion. For, and I'll, I'll preface. Detective that. Tyler. No, no, no. I'm prefacing this with, by saying I could be completely wrong. This is all just hearsay, and I'm not going to take a side either way or the other because I, you know, I don't want to come out defending him if he did something awful. But from what I hear, like and what I was seeing, second degree criminal tampering. They said that it was basically removal of a possession. So like he tampered with someone's possessions he took someone's like in this case what i heard was that like his wife or girlfriend or baby mama i don't know which one it is he bought her a phone and then took it from her and she got the cops involved and because it was her and like a one-month-old baby that's the domestic violence enhancer automatically gets slapped on because of involving the one-month-old baby now again that's just what I read from Twitter and Twitter is wrong and jumps to conclusions all the time. So I don't want to like, you know, say anything about that. But if that is what the case is, then it's in my opinion, a case of the charges and like the legalese surrounding the charges, making it sound a lot worse than it actually is. But I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to say that because you know, for all I know, like it is actually like a domestic violence case and I don't want to take his side in that. Cause so often you like people will jump to one side or another and like, you know, a day later, a video comes out, and then they're just like, wow, you were defending that person. So,
0: well, you know who loves drama? That's Adam Schefter. If anybody's going to break news about drama, whether um, it's right or wrong, it's going to be Adam Schefter. So,
1: yeah, I'm surprised Adam Schefter didn't add in like a little enhancer, either like taking Judy's side or like calling Judy no, a yeah. horrible person. No, yeah, Jerry
0: Judy, who punched his grandma on the face. I yeah. uh, was arrested Thursday for... No, I mean, that's a terrible example, but uh, obviously those who are familiar with Adam Schefter uh, would know exactly what we're, what we're uh, digging at here.
1: Yeah, Once Jerry, if Jerry Judy gets out of jail, Adam Schefter will tweet something along the lines of, Jerry Judy gets to prove now what we all knew
0: all along that he was innocent, or whatever yeah. he tweeted about Deshaun or Watson. Jerry Judy looks to bounce back from trouble summer just yeah, I don't know I'm hard not hard the choice. biggest fan of Adam Schefter and I know you're not as well but no. um some positive news uh media related news Mike Tirico obviously legend he's moving to the uh, booth and so NBC announced that ESPN um you know college football analyst she does college game day Maria Taylor who does an amazing job he's going to be the new mm-hmm. permit host for football night in America. Um, I know she was on there last year. I don't know if she's been on, like if it was just last year or if this has been like a couple of years because I don't always get a chance to watch it. But when I did watch it last year with her on, she did a really, um, a really great job. So um, what do you think about that?
1: I'll be honest. And like, this may be kind of a shock coming from like a hardcore sports fan. I don't watch a lot of like on TV talk shows or anything like that, because I think it's a lot of times it's a lot of fluff and like a lot of
0: yeah, no, it is, yeah. and I'm sure you're more sane than than I, who... Yeah, but, ma- I mean, Maria Taylor does a great it. job, and she's
1: definitely earned it, and so I'm, you know, I'm excited for her. I, I'm, like I said, I just don't, um, like, I, I tend to stay away a lot of those shows. Like, the only ones that I ever really got into were, like, the TNT... Basketball crews of like Charles Barkley, Shack, and Ken. Oh and-
0: yeah, that that one's like you can't beat that because yeah, Shack and and Barkley just go at it all the time. So I can see why. And but even then, I one.
1: watch it more of like they have some nuggets of like really good information. But the even it's more of, like a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it's more of like a comedy show at that point than it is mm-hmm. like you watch for the antics, not for not always for the anal like analysis, but. That's kind of how I feel about, like, all the, the football shows. I think a lot of them are very um, speculative. And not saying that's a bad thing. We're sitting here speculating as well. So, like, I can do it on myself. I don't need someone else to do it for me.
0: Yeah, know? it'd be nice if we got paid to do it, too, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, anyway,
1: former Alabama star wide receiver, best player on the team. Jai Hall already had his first headline at Texas about complaining about uh, Steve Sarkisian, apparently not listing him in like the top fastest players on the team. Apparently he already took offense to that. So it's been, what, four days? Five days since he transferred?
0: Yeah, I mean, that guy cannot... It wasn't anything too terribly bad. I mean, the headlines kind of clickbait. I mean, he just yeah. said... Fin, he tweeted this. Finna to sneak up in there. Ah. So, first of all, great grammar by um, what I said on the document. I called him a pain in the ass. Tyler worded that nicely and said, star, that guy's a total pain in the ass. He's a nutcase. You know, I want him to, to to get some some help or whatever. I don't know what's going on with him. I'm kind of glad he's gone, though. Um, I mean that yeah. in the nicest way possible. But I just – I don't understand, like, t- this whole Twitter game – you know, just comment thing last year just did not work out too well for him. So if, let's say, I was in this situation, right, and I was talking up a storm tweet last year, and then when it got time for me to step up, I crapped my pants, and then I transferred, I would not be tweeting again. I would be on my P's and Q's. I would be working hard. I mean, he still could be working hard, but he just cannot stop tweeting and i'm not one of those people it's like oh players should just play the sport and not you know give their thoughts on things or use social media but at the same time like you gotta know there's a right time and a wrong time to do this and it hasn't worked out for him in the past i don't know why he consistently thinks it's good for his public image to just keep tweeting
1: yeah and like I, you know, I get it. This is, like, people's livelihoods. I'll never root on, root against anyone. Like, I I hope that he has a success, successful career. I hope that he makes it to the NFL and can earn lots of money for him and his family. That being said, if right now it's the equivalent of, like, a bench player tweeting, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, talking about it as if they're, like, the star player, like, undermining the rest of their team. Like, last year he was liking tweets saying, like, oh... Slade Bolden shouldn't be playing. These other receivers shouldn't be playing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been a noted Slade Bolden hater many times. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, dude, you can't even beat this guy out for playing time. You shouldn't be talking. And, like, I'm sure he'll probably play a lot more at Texas because Sark has kind of just become Foster's home for troubled Alabama players.
0: But I love that.
1: He until proven otherwise right now he's a bench player he's played like meaningful snaps in one game and had more drops than he did catches so like it's just imagine just out of the blue right like um i don't know i'm trying to think of a, a good example of this imagine like um oh my gosh my mind is completely going blank i'm trying to think of like my my you brain can, hurt. You
0: got it. I believe no, you. I know.
1: I was trying to think of like a backup receiver. Like Taje Sharp just signed with the Bears. Imagine Tajay Sharp just running his mouth all the time yeah. about how his team is like fools for not playing him. Like he's he's the best player in the league. All this and stuff. It's like, dude. First, yeah. you gotta like get on the field before you can start all this talking. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I mean, this is a minor thing for for Hall, and like like I said, it was clickbait. But at the same time, it's like adds laundry list of social media issues that he's had and uh real quick i just saw this question from your mom it was with uh, in regards to the jared judy stuff she said do you think nick saban calls his former players to discuss these issues when things happen and that's a great question because um unfortunately we saw this not too long ago with henry ruggs and we all know how that situation uh played out and nick saban did speak about that so um I would hope that he, he, I mean, I'm sure he, you know, gets the chance to talk with former players every once in a while. You know, some of the players are closer with than others. Understandably, that's just how it is because so many players come out of Alabama. Um, I'd like to think that he, you know, talks to them and uses these things as good examples and, I mean, bad examples, sorry. And then obviously there's plenty of good examples as well. So I I, I think he, he discusses the issues.
1: Yeah, I I think more so he probably discusses the issues with his current team than he does like with them. Because like he said, unless like it's like Jalen Hurts or someone like that, I can understand if Jerry Judy wasn't exactly like the closest with him. And and that's nothing against Jerry Judy, but there was rumors that Jerry Judy wanted to transfer his freshman year and he was on his way out. Like he won it back. Obviously he played, he was a star there for two or three years, right? Two years, I guess. And. You know, I'm sure his relationship with Nick Saban was fine, but I feel like more important than Nick Saban reaching out to him because that, like, that's just that's not Nick Saban's job. You know, I could see him maybe go and, hey, I'm disappointed in you, buddy, but that's not going to change anything. More so, I, I hope he uses this for the young players that are, like, you know, in college and impressionable, like 18 years old, going, listen, don't be an idiot. Like, this guy's making however many millions of dollars and he could lose it all in an instant if this turns out to be bad. And so, personally, that's what I think that he he would be better suited doing. I could, like I said, like, see him reaching out to him after he's out of jail going, hey, don't do dumb stuff like this ever again. But what what do you even say if you're Nick Saban? Like, I'm disappointed in you. Okay, <laughs> you haven't been my coach in however long. Like, I don't know. So, I, I don't see what good reaching out to him personally would do unless it was, like, a jalen hurts or someone like that that he considers like a second son basically um so you know that's all the breaking news we have well, breaking news and the ajay hall thing because we like to you know kind of dunk on ajay hall when it's possible and he makes it very easy for us to be fair
0: yeah we do um, <laughs>
1: Let's talk about some NHL. NHL playoffs are going on right now. Both of us have teams that are, you know, in the cup or in the chase for the cup right now. How are, how are your cats doing, Washington Capitals?
0: Well, I uh, I put an article on our uh, site, sportsflashmedia.com or .co. About, .co. Uh, .co, not .com, um, about the Capitals game last night and just – The frustration i have so they won the first game in florida that was huge not a lot of people were expecting to win the first game um lost the second game it was a blowout and then the third game was in dc they won that game and then games four and five happened this week so games four uh was on what was today or game four was on was on monday and in that game they played pretty well um, they've, they've been shot outshot by Florida all series. So it's been a miracle they've been in these games. And so that game, they were up two to one. There's about two minutes left in the game or i no, there's about three minutes left in the game, three minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, the Florida coach decided to pull their goalie, which was kind of a ball to me because usually you see teams pull their goalie, but they wait, um, a little bit of time to pull their goalie, but he pulled him. And so they obviously they have an man advantage and they shot the puck off a face off and it ricocheted off and, um, Garnett Hathaway, he, he, instead of like waiting to set something up, he wants an empty net goal. So he shoots it, it misses. And then, uh, Florida builds off that momentum. They end up scoring with like two minutes left and they go on to win in overtime. So I was frustrated with that, but I was like, okay, that's fine you know the comeback they play wednesday and hopefully they can get the job done then but in that game they started off great they jumped off to out to a 3-0 lead and then within like 11 and a half minutes or so the bottom just completely fell out Uh, i had flipped the game or i say flip i watched it on my laptop i had exited out of the game i was like moving on to watching something else i was like okay the cap's you know, I don't think they're going to blow this. I'll check back in later. They might score a goal too. two. Nope. 3-3. Three, three. Um, and little did I know that was all the scoring the Caps were going to do last night. Mm-hmm. They ended up losing 5-3. to three, And so it's just two demoralizing defeats. I mean, the way I look at it, the Capitals, I mean, the series could be over right now. I get that, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. But um, they could be moving on after shocking... Uh, one of the better teams in the Stanley Cup. But now, um, you know, you got to win a game facing elimination in D.C., which is a, a really tough, rowdy place to play. Hmm. Um, and I Ultimately, I do think they're going to win, but then it begs the question, like, do you think you're going to win Game 7 in Florida? But it's, I mean, that's kind of a tangent way of just saying it's been frustrating. I feel hopeful about them playing at home on Friday, at least they're playing at home. Mm-hmm. But still, it's definitely going to be a an uphill battle, like I, you know, mentioned in the uh, the article, the brief write up that I did on the games.
1: Yeah, I mean, a three to two lead is definitely not insurmountable, though. But like you said, the problem is the Panthers going in are one of the favorites for winning the whole cup, weren't they? Like the best regular season team in the league. So.
0: Yeah, they were. And so it's frustrating because I'm like, I know the Caps can play with them. They're just shooting themselves in the foot if they lose the series. Um, I truly believe that it'll be because they shoot, shot themselves the foot too many times.
1: Yeah, exactly. And th- th- that's also super frustrating, I'm sure, because you guys were in there for the whole, you know, the whole series, and then to end up losing. Say you lose tomorrow, then going home four two was not really indicative of how close the series actually was. Yeah, exactly. So. And then my St. Louis Blues, um, the game, the actually game six is on at 8.30 Central tonight. So I'm going to be watching that later. We took a 3-2 lead, so opposite of the Caps. And it was, it's was it been a weird series so far. Game one, we hit a 4-0 shutout win. Billy Huso was uh, our goalie. And everyone's like, oh, Billy Huso's great. And we lose the next two games 6-2 and 5-1 uh Billy Huso looked really bad and we put Jordan Vinnington back in and then we won the last two games 5 to 2 each. So uh actually did you know the Wild had Marc-Andre Fleury? They I did not. Yeah, they acquired him mid-season cuz I forget which team. So I think the Blackhawks traded for him in the off-season and then they cut him because they weren't going to win anyway. So they just like committed to the tank. And he the, the Wild picked him up, but I believe he's not starting tonight after losing the last two, giving up five goals in the last two games. And, I mean, what can I say? The Blues have faced a lot of injury so far throughout the series. I think the first, like, three games we had a defenseman, defenseman go down. And uh, it's the whole weird situation with Vili Husso and Jordan Bennington. Bennington was struggling throughout the year, and Huso stepped in and looked better all year. And then in the playoffs he had one good game and then looked awful, and now Bennington's looked good again. And we got to pay Billy Husso after this year, theoretically. So it's a very hard question. Obviously, if you, you know, win a Stanley Cup, then it doesn't even matter if your team gets makes the wrong choice because it's worth it. But right now, say we win this series and then go to the next round and get bounced, then we have to go, like, what do you value, a year of good play or, like, two playoff series of good play when it gets down to it? Yeah, that's true. Um. I don't know my like. I, I'm excited for the Blues, and I think they're playing in St. Louis tonight, so they could close it out at the Enterprise Center, which I think would be really cool. Um, the Wild have a pretty talented team. I, I saw a lot of people. I get a lot of Wild fans like tweets pop up on my feed because I'm so into like the Minnesota Vikings. There's a yeah, lot I was gonna fans.
0: say this is like a weird thing for you because you're a Vikings fan, mm-hmm. but you're a Blues fan. It's just like.
1: Yeah, so a lot of like t- accounts and stuff that I normally follow for Viking stuff have been tweeting wild stuff. So I've kind of got a fan per- outside fan perspective on that. And a lot of people are basically just saying it went from like, oh, this is the best wild team of all time. Like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna win the cup. To okay, it's just one game. To like, oh, yep, we're we're the good. We're really good. We're doing great. We're doing great. To oh my god, I'm gonna cry because we're going to lose. <laughs> and uh, it's been a roller coaster seeing the tweets, but a lot of them basically summed it up by saying like having the best regular season Minnesota wild team of all time. you get bounced in the first round is peak Minnesota sports? And I can't agree. I could not agree more.
0: Sounds about right. Yep. I'm sure you're glad you're on the St. Louis end of that.
1: Yeah, but that's just because I, I mean, Hey, that's because I live here. Football been a Vikings fan my whole life just because uh, wait, I have mm-hmm. my Vikings blanket on.
0: Uh, was the Titans, Derrick Henry.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I just wear a different Bama jersey every week. So I, I remember our first show, I started doing that. I was wearing a Julio Jones jersey, and I put not a Falcons fan just to make sure people knew. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just because we don't have a football team here. But everything that we have a team for, I'm a fan of, which is hockey and baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking of that, not Jared having a Henry. football team. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say not having a football team. But let's talk about some NFL news. Um, I'm sure you saw circulating Twitter, right? It was a big deal. Miami Dolphins hyping up their season. Their quarterback, their new addition. They two throw Tua, Tua throwing a bomb to Tyree Kill. Except uh, the bomb was about five yards underthrown. <laughs> in an open practice and people are going, having a field day with that one. So you want to give me your take about the social media posting that.
0: I think that whoever does the uh, the social media for the dolphins kind of should have proof proof watched that video before they posted it mm-hmm. because I feel like they could have done way better of a job hyping, you know, up Tua, but at the same time, anytime there's something negative related to Tua, I'm not surprised to see Twitter jump on it and Barstool and all these, um, you know, people that are quick to make a joke because they don't like Tua. which to me is, I mean, it, when I see it, it pisses me off, but um, it's just, I, it's not necessarily fair because Trevor Lawrence had a horrible year, and no one talks about, you know, Trevor Lawrence, but... Tua has been, in in my opinion, in a bad situation with a bad offensive line, bad coaching, and he's finally got a good situation around this year, um, and people are still, you know, clowning him. So I think in the end, um, all the Tua haters are going to look kind of ridiculous because I do think he'll have a great year. But it's just frustrating to see this, you know, still being like a quirky, funny thing for people to do on Twitter and make fun of Tua.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big combination of things, right? One, he was, what, the fifth overall pick in the draft, so that's pretty high expectations. I know you're saying the whole Trevor Lawrence thing, but I'll go to two is that people love to hate on Alabama players because they're, like... They hate us because they ain't us. Exactly. Like, Clemson has become one of, like, the villains of college football, but no one hates Clemson. Like, they hate Alabama or Ohio State or whatever, so anytime players, like... From those schools do bad it's like haha look at this big school not doing great yeah um uh, i think number three was the fact that ryan fitzpatrick was <laughs> made the dolphins a playoff team to his rookie year and then tua came in and was struggling every time so like i get it once a rookie one's a 16 year vet or whatever but i think that was part of the reason is a lot of that left people's uh, like a bad taste in people's mouth that like he came in and looked markedly worse than ryan fitzpatrick um but I I will say that they should have never posted that video. And, like, my first reaction was, like, dang, you didn't have, like, a
0: better video you could have put with Tua not
1: under-throwing Tyreek Hill. Yeah,
0: you couldn't have just been like, oh, that video was bad. Guys, let's do a different one. Tyreek Hill, run deep, Tua, throw it as hard as you can. Like, whoever is doing the videos is like, all right, we're going to one-take this. Yeah. Looks good. Let's post it, like.
1: Or even they worse, didn't have, they not have. I mean
0: mean, Shoot, I, d- the Dolphins need a new social media person because I'll gladly do that for them.
1: And well, the worst the worst option is that they recorded all of them, and that was the best throw. But um, I
0: don't think so. I think they just were like, hey, let's do this, and they didn't think about cool. it. And now yeah. they look ridiculous.
1: And they just saw, like, oh, two both throwing to Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill caught it. But I don't know if you saw Tyreek Hill posted a video Today of Tua like having a bunch of perfectly accurate throws to a bunch of different receivers. So
0: I respect. I mean, obviously, Tyree kill. You know, is doing what he has to do, but at the same time, I respect his dedication to to to, to having Tua as his quarterback. I mean, he's from the get go. He's defended Tua mm-hmm. um, for all these people, and he's always been. He was always great about. Um, making sure there was no Pat Mahomes slander. I mean, Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes, and Tua hasn't really proved much. But I, I do like that Tyreek Hill is, is sticking out for his quarterback and not just kind of going with the flow, because he could just as easily do that.
1: Or he could have just as easily said nothing. So and I, I do respect him for coming out and defending his guy. And that—that's the thing about the NFL. Say that Tua throws like that in game, his tune might change pretty quick. But for yeah. now, he's got his back. So
0: one thing that's weird—that I don't—maybe I've just noticed this, but Tyreek Hill seems like he's way more just like bulkier. Have you noticed that? I have not seen Tyreek Hill a lot. besides I've, Maybe NFL. I've always just assumed that he was like this skinny, fast guy. But like, I've seen some interviews recently of him, and he looks like he's been hitting the weights i mean not that it matters but i just thought that was interesting i didn't know if that was if i was going crazy or if you had seen something and thought the same thing Tua also look bigger
1: so maybe it's yeah two has got water. some
0: nasty calves
1: yeah maybe it's just something in the miami water
0: the miami juice yeah
1: who did they drop this year who was their top pick
0: they didn't have one because they got sorry killed in there oh okay we're already forgetting what happened in the NFL drafts.
1: Well, um, there were so many trades this year, it was actually kind of hard to remember. Like, there was... A bu- Clack, was, his bold prediction was that there was going to be zero first-round trades. There was like eight or nine. Which that's also, true. that's just an awful prediction. Side note, that's just... There's never not a first-round trade. There Tyler, will never not be a first-round trade.
0: Clack, you know you know how Clack is. Yeah. He's Hot always eight. drinking... He's not even hot takes; just takes that make no sense. He's always, he's always drinking those uh, those trulies, yeah. and they keep getting into his head. So while you look that up, um, they didn't have one. Gotcha.
1: What do you think about the
0: schedules? Like,
1: uh, I don't want to go through like every single game for every single team, but like, what are you know, a couple of notable games at least for the Commanders?
0: Um. Before I get into like the actual games, I just have to mm-hmm. say that I think the whole build-up for the schedule release is so ridiculous. I mean, obviously, like the Thanksgiving, Christmas games are cool, but like mm-hmm. people that are like ecstatic about like a Week 13 matchup between like the Bucks and um, the Saints, like I just I don't get it. There's so much that could happen between now and then. Like, I will. Oh, that's a divisional
1: game though, so like I see that, that as, was
0: like just. An example, like just okay. highly anticipated matchups that who knows, like the star players and for each team could be injured in that game, end yeah. up just being crappy. Um, yeah, I agree. But like the NFL does a great job of, of building anything up, like they are they build the draft up, and then they've got people like super excited for the schedule release. I think football fans are just always ready for for football season to start again, and I'm one of those people. But I don't okay. get super excited about schedule um commanders have i guess the commanders and the cowboys have the quote-unquote easiest schedules and obviously the rams are the defending champions so they have the hardest um so i i like that washington has an an easy schedule last year they won the division and made the playoffs so um they had going into this year one of the tougher schedules which everybody knew was going to be an issue because then making the playoffs was a, a fluke thing in a bad division, and it didn't really help their case out. But this year, uh, I think they've improved a lot. Obviously, they have a lot better record back, so I think they can make some noise with an easy schedule. Their first two weeks, they play
1: Jacksonville
0: and Detroit. Oh, that answers my question. <laughs> I was gonna, I
1: was gonna say the fact that two teams from the NFC East, or yeah, the NFC East play, have like the easiest strength of schedule i was gonna ask does that mean that you guys play the afc south this year which yes that does mean that because i mean you yeah. look at their, you look at those teams you have the jaguars the texans uh the colts and the Titans. yeah the and those
0: are even though like that's us playing bad teams those are fun games to me because i get to see mm-hmm. like trevor, trevor lawrence. lawrence i get to jameson see jameson williams. williams if he plays um Mm-mm. you know lions Yeah, the Lions. They play the Jaguars and the Lions.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about – sorry, I thought you were talking about the AFC South games. I was like
0: (laughs) – Oh, no, no. I just mean mean like it's not just boring (laughs) teams. I mean, these are teams they could beat Washington and then they look really stupid scheduling. Like an easy schedule when you look at it like makes sense, but – the Bengals last year, nobody thought they'd make a, a deep run, and they ended up doing that. So who knows, like how yeah. these teams really are going to end up? But um, they're like exciting games to watch, and I think winnable games on paper right now. As when I look at them for Washington, there's always a couple of like bad
1: teams that turn out to be good, and there's always a couple of good teams that turn out to be bad. And I kind of, I, I 100% agree. I was going to say I kind of agree. I 100% agree with your point about it's kind of ridiculous that people hype up so many primetime games this far in advance because there's always one or two stinkers where like the teams, either one team is decimated by injuries or both. Like last year, prime example of the Vikings Packers game where we had Kirk cousins had COVID and uh, like, we also had a bunch of injuries and we ended up playing Sean Mannion against the Packers in primetime at Lambeau and scored like three points. And
0: I can think of, Games like primetime Giants versus like Cowboys games where you think it's going to be Daniel Jones versus um, Dak Prescott, but it ends up being like
1: Mike Glennon versus Cooper Rush or whatever.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, man, they must be kicking themselves right now because this is like a Sunday, Monday night game and it's in primetime and it's a horrible matchup.
1: There was that Commanders game uh, like two years ago, Commanders uh, Eagles for if you guys won you guys are in the playoffs and if not the giants are in the playoffs and it was like they benched jalen hurts because they put the eagles in wanted to lose. So. and so just stuff like that especially like later in the year because you have teams like benching players to prevent injury if they've already made the playoffs or missed the playoffs
0: yeah um
1: personally i am excited for minnesota week two we play the eagles on monday night football that should be fun i like watching jalen hurts Uh, We're playing all three Bama quarterbacks this year, which is cool, because we play Uh the Eagles and we play the Dolphins and we play uh, the Patriots. We play the Patriots on Thanksgiving Thanksgiving night, so that's going to be a fun game. Watch Mac Jones. Um, I am confident that we will beat two of the three Alabama quarterbacks. I I I don't want to say we're going to win against all three. Dolphins might give us a little bit of trouble, but right now coming into the season, I'm confident we can beat the Eagles and we can beat the Patriots. That's, I'm just going to throw that out there now. I, I will also throw out that I will, I'm not going to say we're going to win the division, but I think that we are going to be a better team than a lot of people think because our big weakness last year was secondary and coaching, both of which we have addressed in the off season. Both of which have upgraded
0: massively.
1: Theoretically. I, I don't want to say massively yet. I would love if Kevin O'Connell was a great coach, but he's an unknown quantity. But like, Andrew Booth, if you can stay healthy, immediately slots in as a starting corner. Louis Scene will be a starting safety and basically our future replacement for uh, Harrison Smith. And then uh, Ed Ingram as well slots in as our starting right guard and helps show up the offensive line. So we addressed a lot of our weaknesses. So I think we'll be decent.
0: I'm excited. Um, some other big games.
1: Both, yeah, both of our
0: teams play on Christmas Eve, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, we play the Giants. You guys play the 49ers. I think we got the easier of the deal there, but I don't know. The 49ers are always so weird because every year that I think they're going to be good, they're not, and every year I don't think they're going to be good, they are. Exactly, yeah. Who do you think starts at quarterback this year? you think Jimmy Garoppolo still? Yeah. From what I've heard, they're not confident in Trey Lance.
0: They're not, but they're stuck – between a rock and a hard place because Lance didn't develop as quickly as they thought. And then Garoppolo was okay, but he got hurt so they couldn't really trade him and nobody really wanted him. Um, You know, it's funny that that's the situation there. And then you have like Cleveland who couldn't get a trade done with Carolina for Baker Mayfield. And so he's still on the roster. It's like, yeah, just weird quarterback stuff going on. This is obviously the craziest off season we've seen. And that's no exaggeration. So,
1: I have another like hypothetical for you. Say Deshaun Watson does get placed on the exempt list, has to miss like six games or eight games or something. Baker balls out. Do no. My question was, if you're Baker Mayfield, what incentive do you even have to show up? Like, why would you go to a team that has discarded you for a man that is on trial for like twenty you, counts? You, you know why though? Because if your
0: trade value. Yeah, I mean, that's to, like, to to simplify it, it's to give a big old middle finger to the Browns organization.
1: Well, that But for that reason, he shouldn't play. Make them play their third-string quarterback in those
0: well, games. I, I think his, his value right now is really low, so if he can do the old two-for-one where uh, he can make the Browns look horrible by, you know, the way they handle the situation, and then he can make himself look really good if he balls out, which I – People don't like Baker Mayfield, but I actually think, you know, he's kind of getting the short end of the stick, and he had that shoulder uh, issue last year. And so I think that this is a dude that means business, and if if he gets a chance to play for the Browns this year, he probably will, um, then he's going to ball out for them, and then it really complicates things. Yeah, I don't know. I just – like, that's it. That's in a perfect world. More unlikely that Watson will get suspended and Baker Mayfield will just, uh, just be sitting on the bench. I mean, they'll play like I don't even know who their quarterback is, honestly. They
1: wait. They didn't because they had originally, I think, signed EJ Perry, the guy from Brown, and then he went to the Jets. Oh,
0: it's um Colts guy. Colts guy, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah.
1: Oh, I did not realize they got. That.
0: So that's not I mean that's not even that bad of a backup, but
1: Yeah. You know. I think he might have been a little overhyped as a starter, but
0: yeah, but they'll they'll play him over Mayfield. They don't want to create any sort of issues cuz they've already screwed the pooch on the situation to begin with. Yeah. So
1: let's talk some NBA. Yeah, I've got
0: hands. I've got my uh my fear the deer Yana the had to wrap after. The Bucks went into uh, TD Garden in Boston and and took game 5. Mm-hmm. They were down by like I think 14 or 15 at one point. They stormed back in. It was a uh, like a 9 or 10 point game going into the fourth. Mm-hmm. And they just Boston just turned or not Boston, uh Milwaukee just turned on the the gas and Giannis ended with forty and he was really kind of clutched down the stretch there. Yeah. Um I just remember he uh he got hit like in the face and his like eye was bleeding and they had to like uh stitch it up or whatever they do on the sidelines and he yeah. just at that moment I was like this dude Everyone knows this dude is bad, but he's he's a bad mfer. Like he just does not care.
1: Yeah, I mean, Giannis is the best player in the league right now. I I don't think that's a hot take either. I think that he Which... has reached, in my opinion. Okay, I'm gonna say this. This might get people mad. I'm not saying he's LeBron, but he's reached LeBron status where any given year you could argue him for MVP and it wouldn't be a bad argument.
0: It's uh, just it, that good. It's it's weird because you watch the Bucks and you're like, it's not like Giannis like really does any one thing. Like it's not like he he's a really great shooter. Or, like he's just fundamentally sound. And you know he's gonna bust his ass anytime he gets the ball. Like he's 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 tough. Like it's not like he's a knockdown. Like yesterday he had a couple of good three point shots, but he's not a three point shooter. Like he's not known for his shooting. He's just a tough, a tough, uh, tough gritty guy. And I mean that those are the type of dudes you you build uh, out of your gritting. Yeah, he's a gritty guy. <laughs> just um, Jefferson, he's the type of guy you want to build your franchise around.
1: It's just funny because I said I don't want to compare him to LeBron too much, but that's exactly what LeBron was, right? Like, he started off as a guy that wasn't a great shooter, was like a tough physical guy, and then added every year he would add something to his game like that and took over the league and became the best player. (laughs) And again, I'll just add this, and this is going to make it seem even more like a hot take. At this point in their career, Giannis is more accomplished than LeBron was at this age. So, yeah. It's the longevity that's going to be the hard part. Doing it till you're 37, 38, that's the hard part.
0: One but. thing I want to add, to about Giannis that always stands out to me is, I mean, since we're comparing Giannis and LeBron, is, yeah, Giannis has, like, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. He has these role players, but he's never really had, like, a great sidekick.
1: I think Middleton's a good sidekick. I think Middleton's
0: good, team. but, like, you look around the league, you got James Harden and Joel Embiid. You've got LeBron and Westbrook, which, I mean, LeBron and AD. Like, you have these teams with multiple stars, and the Bucks are just a team that has Giannis, who's – I mean, just a team with Giannis. Like, Giannis is the best player in the league. Um, go debate at Wall, you know, random person listening. But they don't have, like, an amazing number two – I mean, Chris Middleton's good, but he's not amazing. I mean, I don't know what you'd rank him, like, if you're ranking NBA players, but he's not, like, top 10. I was going to say
1: top 25, maybe top 30. Yeah,
0: top 30, like, sneaks in there at 27. But that's the thing. I'm watching them, I'm like, this is, like, it's just crazy to me. Because, I mean, Boston's got Jason Tatum and, you know, Al Horford. Like, they have all these guys. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. some of these teams that aren't doing well have more than Milwaukee does, but Milwaukee just doesn't care and they get the job done.
1: Well, I will say though, Milwaukee kind of sac what they sacrifice in star power, besides Giannis, they make up for in depth, right? Like they have a super solid team. Yeah. That's, the
0: that's their strength. Like the, the Lakers traded all of their depth away to get um, Westbrook mm-hmm. and it didn't quite work out for them. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point.
1: And, like a lot of people, you know, say like stars win games for you. But if you look at the past couple of teams, like in recent years, that have won championships, since, like, I mean, the Lakers won the one year in the bubble, right? The Warriors won a couple of years ago. But other than that, you look at the Raptors, like they had Kawhi and then a bunch of like solid players. You look at the Bucks, they have Giannis and a bunch of solid players. And I think that more and more like depth is becoming a good formula to kind of mitigate the fact that. Unfortunately for certain teams, like not every team can have a tandem or a trio of stars. It's just not, there's not that many stars to go around. And so I think that teams are realizing that just having one star and then, you know, building a solid team around them is just as viable as a way to win. Like you look at the Suns, the Suns made the finals last year. They're building their way up this year. They have Devin Booker and then like old Chris Paul, who's like a a star in his own way, but he's not, like, a scoring 30 points a night type... DeAndre starter.
0: Ayton's, like, borderline. I I, don't,
1: I think he's solid, but I don't think he's borderline star yet. But then you have, like, he's he's a good big man. You have, like, Michael Bridges, or Mikhail Bridges, um, like, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. And then, like, a bunch of solid players off the bench. Like, shoot, you look at... Um, Miami Heat. Vale McGee is coming off the bench, giving them solid
0: minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, you bring that up, and I'm looking at the teams, the playoffs, like Dallas, like they have Luca, yep. but then the rest of their guys, like Jalen Brunson, like they have a bunch of good role players. Um, mm-hmm. The Miami Heat, they have Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. but um, everyone else like just solid role players. The only team I think that I, well, I guess would be Philly would be yeah, the only Philly team.
1: and Maybe Golden State, depending on how you view like Clay and Draymond.
0: Yeah, and Philly's been struggling, so I, I think it's refreshing to see because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the super teams are entertaining and they're fun to watch, but um, it is cool to see like teams doing it the quote unquote right way and not just buying their way to a championship, um, you know, like we've seen in the past. But at the same time, Golden State, minus adding KD, they mean they they did it organically. Yeah, they won their
1: first one organically. Their and first like couple
0: did they? It
1: was one and then they lost to the Cavs and then they added K yeah. and won the next two.
0: But like I think that's the way to do it and um as far as the Bucks go, I mean, obviously I'm a I, I'm a Wizards fan because like I have the whole DC thing going for me. I have to like all the DC teams, but um I've always loved Giannis since like sophomore year of high school and so I say I'm a Wizards fan, but the Bucks are kind of like a little bit like a notch below. And yeah. it sounds like I'm a bandwagon, but like anybody no. who knows me knows I've always loved Giannis.
1: I mean, I, I consider myself a Warriors fan just because Steph Curry. Like I love the way that he's changed the game. He's my favorite player of all time. So he
0: didn't change the game too much last night. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can get you into gotta, that.
1: Yeah, I, I do want to kind of talk about the games, but I, let me pose a question to you, though. You said that like you like it when teams like build championships like the right way, right? But what when, what do they call a team that won a championship the wrong way? Um, they call them champions,
0: baby. Why does it matter? They won. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, uh, I think it's harder for like sports like baseball to do it. You know, like you need a lot of stars in baseball, yeah. but I think basketball it is doable. We're seeing that it's doable. But like you said, at the end of the day, it's just—you I mean they're still champions? It's just me nitpicking.
1: Yeah. Um, um. So the Grizzlies won yesterday. They won Game Five. It's three-two now. They were up fifty <laughs> points at one point, which was fun. Uh, I don't know. I saw a lot of again. I, I see a lot of Timberwolves fans in my my Twitter feed. A lot of people were making fun of, I guess Draymond Greed said, like you ain't playing the Timberwolves to the the Grizzlies after winning game four. He was
0: also dancing around after the game. I don't know if you saw that.
1: Yeah, but it's like and that's my whole point, it's like all these Timberwolves fans are like, ha, you got clowned, whatever. They're still leading the series three to two. Like everyone's making it out as if they lost the series in embarrassing fashion. They lost one game when they were up three one. The Grizzlies still got to do it two more times.
0: Yeah, it's it's been weird too. Like this series, like it just doesn't even seem like the Warriors are really trying. I mean, obviously they are trying, but like last night's loss was just so weird. I mean, Memphis is without John Moran. Like you would play
1: better without him.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it's that's so odd to me because I I remember basically whatever like team I pick to win an NBA pick against that. Because I've been so mm-hmm. bad about picking these playoff teams. And last night I saw, I was like, Warriors minus four. There's no John Moran. Like, this is easy. Like, give this to me on a silver platter. I'll take it. And then it just didn't end up going that way. So, like, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with them. But I do think they'll win in Golden State. Like, I don't think they'll have any issues. But at the same time, like, yeah. who really knows? Because they've been they just, so
1: streaky. They just threw so they could win at home. Tomorrow or I, the next day.
0: I guess so, man. I, I, uh,
1: the Grizzlies are like 25 and 5 or something now without John Morant, something crazy like that. And I, I might have brought this up on the show before, but have you ever heard of the Patrick Ewing effect? Mm-hmm. So, in the 90s, when Patrick Ewing was on the Knicks, a reporter, I forget which reporter, found this phenomenon where. The Knicks would actually win, like had a better win-loss record, scored more points per game, gave up less points per game when their star player, Patrick Ewing, wasn't playing. And everyone's like, well, what is this? This is counterintuitive. And the reason being, when the star's not playing, you play more team-oriented basketball, right? Like John ja Morant, he's going to score 30, 40 points a game. But also every time he does that, that's a possession where he decides, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to go try to score. Versus when there's no star, you're passing around, you get to the open man, you play better team basketball. And it's it's quite a conundrum, right? Because you can't not play your best player. You can't not play Patrick Ewing. You can't not play John Morant. But at the same time, a star demands however many touches per game because they're that good. And it does kind of, at times, mess with the whole flow of the offense because they have to get their touches. And I, I think the same kind of thing happens with John Morant, especially – He's been shooting well this series, especially because he can't shoot that well. That takes away a whole dimension of the offense. Where he's incredible, one of the best finishers I've ever seen as such a young like player. But at the same time, it takes away a whole perimeter threat, and you can stack an extra guy in the paint or something. Because if John Morant beats you with the three, John Morant beats you with the three, you know. So yeah. the Suns
0: and the Mavericks. Another player out. I love is Luca. He's so much fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I don't understand at all. And this is one of my biggest like, ha ha, I'm smart and everyone else is dumb moments. How he fell to four in the draft. Literally coming into the draft, I'm like, this kid is 17 and he won Euro League MVP. He is by far the best player. Like he's playing against better competition than all the NCAA dudes and was putting up better stats. How is he not the definitive number one
0: pick? I think everybody's looking for their next, like, it's so tough with NBA drafts because you have all those college guys that you, you know, we've watched in March Madness and throughout the year. But -hmm. it's so hard to predict, like, how good these overseas, like, European players are going to be. Like, Porzingis right now, you know, obviously has gone through some rough patches, but everybody wants their next Porzingis. Everybody wants the next Luca. Like, everybody wants – he was a kid from australia josh giddy
1: yeah but like at the same time it's luca, tough to
0: predict like how their game's gonna translate to the next level
1: but at the same time like those players and stuff were good european players luca was the best european european player at 17 years old like i think that i don't how know I guess, is, how how uh, old is luca he's like 21 or 22.
0: Oh, my God. he's twenty. He just turned 23. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Because so. I, I would say at this rate, like, he was the third pick, so you were... Third you were pick, old. okay. Yeah, I think so at this I'm rate, sure. like, if he keeps playing like this, he, he'll be one of the best players of all time. Like, yeah, it's hard to think because he's already... I mean, I've seen him compared to LeBron. He's already, like, the amount of time he's been in the league, his numbers are better than LeBron's are. I mean, obviously doing that you know that's the, the thing we always say on we always say on the show is like doing something over a long period of time uh, like the bottom can completely fall out for him but Luca is amazing this is a franchise that had Dirk Nowinski for all those years and now they're just like okay Dirk's gone yeah. here's Luca. I
1: I hope that Luca too will also lead to people seeing the value of the Euro players more I think that a lot of times people will overthink it and you I mean, but you look at some of the best players in the league. You have Nikola Jokic, you have Luka Doncic, you have Nikola like Giannis back MVP. I don't think Giannis played in college, did he? I think he was from Europe. Like came over from Europe.
0: AK's for Frickersk. Yeah.
1: So, like, you know, you look at all the best players in the league, and they're all international. And I think that there's such a That's wide. That's cool to me.
0: I love that. Yeah,
1: I think it's great, and I think that sometimes. NBA executives can be set in their ways, right? Not realizing that, like, oh, there's this all this untapped talent over there that we need to go get. But you look at, like, baseball, for example. The most hyped-up player in the league came over from Japan, like, four years ago and was, like, a, you know, he was a fine guy. But, like, in most of the – a lot of the great players in the league are from Japan or Korea or, like, South America. And so – I think that the MLB is better at like recruiting talent from other countries. And I think the NBA needs to hop on the same, you know, kind of train there. It's harder. It's harder with the uh, NFL because there's no real like established leagues outside of the U S yeah. And then like the NHL, it's pretty much all foreign talent because (laughs) the U S is like the fourth best or fifth best hockey country in the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, obviously, you still have, like, your Jason Tatum, like, your Kevin Durant, your LeBron. Like, you have all these Steph Currys. Like, you have these guys, but it's also cool to see um, that these, like, foreign players are in the upper echelon of, like, best players in the league. You know
1: where Jason Tatum's from?
0: Canada, probably.
1: St. Louis. Oh, really? Yeah, he went to Yeah, okay. uh, we had this we have this yearly basketball tournament at our high school and his team showed up and like ran the tournament when I was a like junior or senior. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, We kind of danced
0: around the question. Like, can, do we think Luca and the Mavs can force a game seven at home?
1: Do we think, or will they? Will they? No, but I think they could. But they won't.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) hypothetically,
1: they could. Hypothetically, they could. But I think the Suns are going to show out and just close it out there. And I think the Suns, I think we're going to have a Suns-Warriors conference finals, which is funny because going into the season, that's what a lot of people would have predicted. But the way they got there was so, like, up and down wacky. That it's gonna be great but i think that in the end with all the chaos we're still gonna have like a suns uh warriors final and i think a lot be... of
0: people predicted brooklyn and the lakers i don't think
1: yeah yeah i think uh,
0: that was the the hot I pick. think the
1: lakers was a weird choice going into the season like i was it's, not on the russell westbrook train at all it's
0: picking the teams with this the, the star power like we didn't even talk about the nets we talked about the lakers but like the nets with all the star power they have but yeah um I don't think they'll win it tonight, but I don't think they you know, have anything to be ashamed of. Luka's played well. He's been injured, so he's come back from injury and played phenomenally. And then um, Jalen Brunson, what he's been doing for them, has been but has been huge.
1: My hot take I will end on because I think we're, we're just about out of time. My hot take I'll end on for basketball is that the 76ers are going to win the next two and go to the Eastern Conference Finals against Milwaukee. I got 76ers, Milwaukee, Warriors, Suns as my last four.
0: Okay. I don't hate that. Um,
1: Unless you want to talk about baseball real quick, it's up to you.
0: Um, I mean, we, we're almost done here, so we might as well just hit on, we'll just say Heat 76ers. Um, I think the 76ers win the game. I think they force a game seven because teams at home in the playoffs have been really good, and um, I think they win that game. And then for MLB, um, the Yankees have been just absolutely on a tear. They're up 2-0 right now against the White Sox. Somehow the White Sox are favored in that game. I picked the Yankees. They could still lose the game. But still, Uh, the Dodgers have won 20 games just like the Yankees, but their offense has kind of been a little streaky. Like two nights ago they had 11 runs today, or yesterday they had like – a couple against the pirates um and I then you mean off oh off yeah put off on there um one team that i said at the beginning of the year i thought was gonna be like a sleeper team is the angels just because they have shohei and and center and then they have rendon shohei and trout in the middle of that lineup um, but they had Reed Detmers, who is a rookie, he's 22 years old, threw a no-hitter a couple nights ago. I think that was that was pretty cool to see.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I want to end on actually a very interesting question posed by our own super fan. How do you feel about Kyrie now that COVID has diminished across the globe? And I want to say that I still think
0: Kyrie's he, a nutcase.
1: Yes, he's a nutcase. But more than that, even like personal like beliefs and stuff to the side, he still chose like you know his crazy like vaccine theories and stuff. And it's he didn't get vaccinated not because of like any medical reason. It's because he was like something about them wanting to control
0: him and all those. That. that that's insane. <laughs> in yeah, my he, opinion, yeah, he could have just said, "I don't know about this, the." the side effects or whatever but yeah exactly he's isn't he a flat earther too
1: yeah so so of course he's gonna
0: act like if somebody puts a needle in his arm he's gonna be an alien or something like that dude's just weird
1: but my my whole thing too is he chose that over like being available for his team and people were rightfully critical about him for it because you look at the hundreds and even thousands of other athletes that have gone through it without anything wrong and like you know, still, he he was like willing to not play in Toronto to just to you know stick to whatever. And I think that as a teammate and like as fans, I can understand why they'd be upset at him for this because he's he missed over half the year. Like he missed the first half of the year, and then couldn't play in home games till like the last week, and then was willing to miss all the Toronto games in Toronto. And so I think that. At the end of the day, it was an incredibly selfish move for some guy that's getting paid however many, like hundreds of millions of dollars. So I don't think that everything diminishing changes my opinion on how he handled the whole situation being, you know, in the wrong there. But him and uh, Ben Simmons will fit right in together, both missing, however, like the whole, both collecting checks on the sidelines.
0: While yeah. The team both is struggling
1: to make the playoffs.
0: More of the story is Ben Simmons is soft and carries in that case but um, to be fair
1: ben simmons did actually have to have back surgery so yeah but he,
0: anyway he, his back hurt from carrying the team carrying that's the true. nets but uh that's all i got obviously the show ran a little longer tonight but we had a lot of stuff to get into yeah. um we'll be back monday i think is when we usually or tuesdays so yeah like whatever, early we'll in the week at some point just you know, you know we'll it depends show. yeah we'll but um thank everybody or thank y'all for, for watching and uh I'll see y'all next week.